series um, this morning, which is about Connect. Um, and this has basically um, been about like showing us the value of intentionally connecting with our church family, which is all of us here because, you know, we're children of God and, and we're family. And last week, Pastor Sharon um, spoke about how, first of all, our relationship with Jesus is the most important thing. But also, it's not just about our relationship with Jesus, but it's actually about our relationship with others. And, you know, it's important that, first of all, that, yes, we belong to Jesus, but also that we belong in his house with his people. And so um, I just want to share a quote with you um, this morning by Pastor Mark Kelsey. And he says this, he says, In relationship with Jesus, you find eternity. But in the house of God, you find destiny. He says, your eternity is about you, but your destiny is about others. And so what it's saying is, it's saying it's not just about our personal relationship with Jesus, but it's actually about fulfilling our purpose, which happens when we connect with others. Because our purpose is always about those around us. And so this morning, there is a, there's a key statement that I just want to um, speak this message from today. Um, this statement, it just it encapsulates all the points um, of what I'm going to be sharing today. But it, it's, it's this, it's when we commit to connecting with other believers, we will grow in maturity and we will grow healthy fruit in our lives. So when we commit to connecting with other believers, we will grow in maturity and we will grow healthy fruit in our lives. And so if you have your Bibles with you today, um, I'm going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. And it says this, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son so that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown around by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try and trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of, the, of his body, the church. And he makes the whole body fit perfectly together. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So there is a lot in that chunk of scripture there. There's so much we could pull out of that. But my first point for you today is continue in connection. Continue in connection. And so the beginning of this verse, it talks about the different roles in the church that are there to equip us and to build us up. And, you know, it refers to the body of Christ, which represents the church, because just as a body is like lots of different individual parts 
all connected together for one purpose. You know, we are individual people um, who have connected our lives together to do God's work and to build God's church. And so um, there was just something I want to bring out in verse 13. It says, so it talks about the church and then it says, this will continue. It says, this will continue. That means it's something we're not to stop doing. It's something we're to continue in. And in Hebrews um, chapter 10, verse 24 to 25, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So we are called by Jesus to continue in connection with one another. Like how many times did Jesus connect with his followers? It was a lot. And like when Jesus ascended into heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit on his believers. How many times did the believers connect together? It was a lot, (laughs) a lot. And, you know, when we go back to um, the beginning when God made um, Adam in the Garden of Eden, um, Adam was there with God. He was there with God. And the first thing that God said wasn't good was when man was alone. And I was always thinking about this, like how could Adam be alone if he was in the garden walking with God? But there's a difference between being lonely and being alone. And it does not say Adam was lonely, but it said Adam was alone and that was not a good thing. And so, you know, God designed us to to be in relationship with others, to have people around us, supporting us, those we can actually do life with and, and follow God with. And, and so when we withdraw ourselves and, and isolate ourselves, that's the most unnatural thing that we could actually do because we're not made for that purpose. And I love what um, Pastor James Murray said. He, said. he said this, he said, the famous last words of a dying faith is this, I don't need church community to follow Jesus. Now, let me say this. It is true. You do not have to go to church to follow Jesus. However, if you follow Jesus, you wouldn't not go to church. And I just want to illustrate this point for you. Like, say I have a pile of hot coals in a fire all together. Now, like, they are going to be burning hot. Like, if you touch that coal in, like, the coals in the fire, like, you are going to feel the heat of that. It's going to burn you. It will leave a mark on you. And like when you take one of those coals out of the fire and put it on its own, I mean, it'll stay hot for a little while, but it will eventually cool down and it will be cold on its own. And if you get that coal, if you put it back in the fire, yes, it's going to heat up again. But if you take it out and keep it out, it's going to get cold. And it will lose its fire and it will actually lose its purpose as a coal. Because what use is a coal if it's cold, right? The purpose of it is to heat things up. And so it's the same with us. When we gather together, we are like the hot coals in the fire. The presence of God shows up. 
You know, I think back to the, um, in the upper room when the um, believers gathered together, the Holy Spirit fell on them gathering together in unity. And, you know, it stirs our passion for God. His presence comes upon us. And now our lives leave a mark. Like we now can leave an impact on others. But when we remove ourselves from the other coals, when we remove ourselves from church community, we may stay hot for a bit, but we will get lukewarm and eventually we will become cold in our faith. A cold coal is an ineffective coal. And so we want to be hot coals burning for Jesus and having an impact on the world around us. And so my second point today is connection will grow you in maturity. So first of all, yes, Jesus has called us to connect, but this is like the why behind the what. And it says in, um, in verse th- Ephesians 4, verse 13 um, to 14, it just talks about continuing in connection. And then it says this, it says, so that, so that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown around by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try and trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. And so this is about a maturity in our faith. The mark, it says the mark of maturity is to measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Whoa, <laughs> that is a high standard. Like Jesus is perfection. How are we meant to do that, you know? Um, but what this is saying is, is that the more mature you are in your relationship with God, the more you actually begin to look like Jesus. And, and this journey of maturity is about following Jesus and becoming more like Jesus. And I want you to know today that God, He doesn't want us to stay where we're at. Like where you're at right now, like there is more that God has in store for you. Because it's not just what we're saved from, but it's what we're saved to. Because yes, Jesus, He has set us free from our sin. Jesus has set us free from our past and from our failures. And He has saved us from being eternally separated from Him. But there is more than that. And He has saved us to be born again, to have a new identity in Him as children of God. And as we grow, we begin to look like our Father in heaven. And so here's a crazy thought. Jesus actually believes that you can be like Him. Jesus actually believes that you can can be like Him. Do you believe that? And I want to take you to a time when um, Jesus was connecting with His disciples and you could say He was teaching them in their connect group. Um, And in John 15 verse 16, Jesus says this to them. He says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I just want to give you a bit of historical context here just to fully unpack what this really means when Jesus says this. Um, so um, So Jesus was a rabbi. 
And in the Jewish, in the Jewish culture, rabbis were the teachers. And then um, each rabbi would have disciples, which were like their followers or their students. And the rabbi was considered, like in this culture, in this time, the rabbi was like the top of the top career paths you could take in life, basically. If you were a rabbi, you were like at the top of society, basically. And, um, but, to first, but to be a rabbi, you had to first be accepted as a rabbi's disciple. So you had to first be a disciple. And um, as um, in this culture, the children would be studying the Bible all the way from like as soon as they could read, basically. And so they would um, have all this time of learning God's word. Um, I think it's by the age of six, they had the Torah memorized, which is the first five books of the Bible. So by the age of six, they had it word for word memorized. And then by the age of 12 um, to 13, they had the entire Old Testament memorized word for word. Like that is a lot. That is the, a whole 39 books there that they had memorized. Um, but in their education, at some point, um, by the time they were around 12, the student would um, go to a rabbi and ask to be a rabbi's disciple. Because if you wanted to be a rabbi one day, you first you had to be a rabbi's disciple and learn their ways and kind of learn from them. And if the rabbi didn't believe the student could do what he did, the student would be left to go back to their family and to, to learn the family trade. But if the rabbi believed that this student had what it took, he would say to them, come and follow me. And the student would then leave their father or mother, they'll leave their family, they would leave their village, um, and they would literally devote their life, um, learning how to do what the rabbi did. And they would give their life basically just to, to be like their rabbi. And so if the rabbi calls you to be his disciple, then he actually believes you can be like him. And so I just want to take you back to three years earlier um, from what Jesus had spoken just then. And I want to take you to the moment when um, Jesus' disciples started following Jesus as their rabbi, as their teacher. And so if we go to Matthew 4, verse 18 to 22, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you to go out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So something kind of different happened here, because normally the students would ask to follow the rabbi. But the roles are reversed here, and Jesus actually approaches the fishermen. Why are they fishermen? They're fishermen because... They didn't make the cut. They didn't get accepted by any rabbis. No one saw potential in them. And this is why Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And Jesus calls the not good enoughs, according to the people of the time, he calls the not good enoughs and says, come, follow me. He took some boys who didn't make the cut and 
from that, he literally changed the course of history. Like, how did this happen? Like, they continued from that moment, they continued in connection. They gave their life to remain with Jesus and with the other disciples. And the disciples who, who began as students, who, who didn't make the cut, like he connected with them and they began to do what Jesus did. Their connection led to maturity in their faith. And people actually began to call them Christians because they actually noticed they'd begun to look like Jesus. And so I want you to know today that, that Jesus has chosen you. He sees potential in you. And when He made you, He deposited His image on the inside of you. And He believes that you can actually be like Him. And, you know, we all start off as, as baby Christians at some point in our life. And there comes a moment where we give our life to Jesus and we make that decision to follow Him. Um, but when we are born again, it's like, it's like we're a baby in the sense of we need to learn to grow in maturity. And it's kind of like learning how to walk again in the sense of we've always walked this way, you know, away from God, walking by the flesh. But it's like, okay, now we're born again. We're learning to walk again. But this time by the Spirit of God in the ways of God. And in learning to walk again, we will, we will fall. Like there will be times when we will fall and we will stumble. But, but we have a Father in heaven who comes and who picks us up every time. Our Father in heaven holds our hand and walks with us as we're learning to walk again, as we're learning to grow in maturity. And like He will challenge you beyond like what you think you can handle. Um, but, but because He's a loving Father, He will push you out of your comfort zone. He does that because He loves you and He will correct you. But it's because He's your Father and He loves you. And there will be times when your old life will come and it will try and pretend it's alive again pretend that this is actually who you are but you know we when that happens we just got to call it out for what it is and it's we call it old patterns it's old habits it's our old life it's it's old it's old it's it's not who you are anymore it's not your life it's that died with Christ and so when that happens we can't just take that up and carry it with us no we got to let that go and there's this person that we already are in God's eyes and it's like, okay, now we're learning to live like it's actually true because it is true. And so, and when we come together, this is why we, we do come together because we can actually draw that out of each other. You know, as children um, growing up, like you think of a little, a little child, like they're so trusting of, of everything that everyone says to them and that can be a dangerous thing. And so, this is why we need maturity because there's a lot of voices in our world and a lot of voices in our lives that, you know, on our own, it's so much easier just to be tossed and turned by these things and to be listening to this, believing this, believing that. Um, but when that happens, when we, when we listen to those other voices, you know, before we know it, we're believing the lies and are living by the lies as if they were true. And we begin to live by the opinions of others rather than the truth of God. And so we need to be putting ourselves in a position where, you know, we, can, we have people in our lives and we have leaders in our lives that can actually speak into us. And we need people around, like you need people around you to help you know the difference between like, okay, what's your own thinking and what's the voice of God? 
You know, the difference between your own ways and God's ways. And so my third point today is connection will produce healthy fruit. Healthy fruit. Just like um, in John 15, 16, he says, I chose you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So we are all producing fruit in our lives, all of us. But it's just whether it's healthy fruit or unhealthy fruit, godly fruit or ungodly fruit. And if we go back to the main scripture in Ephesians 4, in verse 15 and 16, first of all, it says, we are growing in every way more and more like Christ. But then it says, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And what I love about this is I love how it says that our growth actually helps others to grow and be healthy. Because it's so much more than just like our personal growth, but it's actually about being able to come alongside other people and help them grow. And in Psalm 92, verse 13 to 14, it says, Those who are planted in the house of God, sorry, in the house of the Lord, shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Now, have you ever seen a tree bear fruit for the benefit of itself? Like when a tree bears fruit, is that fruit for the tree? It's always for the people around it. It's always for the benefit, for the purpose of others. And so when you grow, when you grow maturity and when you grow fruit in your life, like the purpose of that fruit isn't just for you, but it's actually like to bring life to those around you. And that's why the sign of health is actually fruit in our lives, because it's a sign you're not just receiving, but it's a sign you're giving. Because when you have fruit, it's about giving. And the church, you know, it's, the church is never more healthy when it's full of people who don't just want to take, but we are here to give. We're here to pour out into the lives of those around us. Because a tree, for a tree to be healthy and to produce fruit, it must first be planted. It must be planted. It must have a solid root system. And this is where we go back to point one about continuing in connection. Because having a church community is like having that solid root system in your life. It's going to be the thing that helps you to grow and actually have a healthy life. And you know, you can be in church without actually being planted. You can be in church without being planted because some of us can be like pot plants sometimes in the sense of the roots go into the pot rather than into the ground. They go into the pot rather than into the local church. And, you know, that's, it's, it's a lack of commitment because it's like saying, well, when something happens that I don't like or I don't agree with, I can then pick up my pot and put it somewhere else. But God wants us to put our roots deep where we are. Because otherwise it, it hinders the full potential of our growth. We cannot have deep roots in a pot plant. We need them in the soil, in the ground, in the good soil. And so when you, when you continue in connection, when you keep showing up, you may not always feel like it. And you may not see the point in that direct moment. But like you will see the fruit of that. 
years down the track. You will see the fruit of that. And you know, in my life, I can say, I have never missed a Sunday. And like, I think there was a couple of times where I've been sick, um, really sick where I haven't been able to come, but like even times I've been on holidays and stuff, I've, I've made it a priority to be in the house of God. And like, I may not have seen the fruit of it back then, but like, I can see the fruit of that today because when, you know, when a plant is growing, you can't see the incremental growth day by day. But if you give it a couple months and compare it to when that plant was first planted, like you will see the difference. You will see the difference. And, and if you're here today and you're frustrated with the fact that you're not producing good fruit in your life, I, I challenge you to look at your connection. And also, who are you connected to? Who, who are you connected to? And like, I look at people like Pastor Ash and Millie and Chloe and Caitlin and like, they've been in consistent connection. Like, and you can see the fruit of that in their lives. And like, I look at people like Mel and Zach and Shannon who like, they got connected um, into church later in life. But when they made that decision to connect consistently, like, oh my goodness, like there is so much fruit in their lives. And they did not just arrive there, but they made a, de- a decision and they didn't compromise. They kept showing up even when they didn't feel like it. And that is a part of the reason of why they are where they are today. And like, I can confidently say that because I had friends who I grew up in church with, um, but when they decided to distance themselves from, from the people of God and the house of God, they actually ended up away from God. And I think of um, the parable of the seed and the sower. You know, the enemy, the enemy stole the seed that wasn't rooted. The enemy knows if he can get God's people to disconnect from each other, he can get them to disconnect from God. And so you won't, you won't grow outside of your connection with people. But when you are planted in church, your spiritual root system will go deep. And you can't be tossed and turned around anymore. Um, you won't be shaken when the storms of life come because you'll be planted. And as you grow, you will help others to grow. And you'll be able to produce this fruit in your life that will actually bring life to those around you. And so my question for you today is, how do you want to grow? How do you want to grow? And what fruit do you want to see in your life? What fruit do you want to see in your life? And my third question is, how are you going to get yourself planted today to see that growth and that health in your future? Because, you know, there is, there's more that, that God has for your life. Like you may think I've tried to grow, I've tried to do this, but I keep ending up here in the same, in the same place. I seem to just not be going anywhere. You know, God, God's called you to more. He actually has more in store for you and He's called you to be like Him. He's actually called you to be like Him. And so, you know, I just want to um, speak to the person today who has, wants to get connected with Jesus because before we can actually be like Jesus, we need to be connected with Jesus. 
We cannot grow unless we are first connected with Jesus. Because when we're connected with Jesus, then we can become connected in His house. And so I, like, if there's someone here today like, that maybe feels disconnected from God, or feels disconnected, you know, from church and stuff. Like, you know, today you can know God for yourself. And you can actually have a real relationship with Him. And, and He wants to change your life. And He wants to see you grow. And so in this place right now, I just um, invite you all just to um, bow your heads and close your eyes. As we have, uh, have a moment of um, privacy right now with no one looking around. And if someone's here and was stirred, if you were stirred in your heart today and you feel like, actually, I just, I don't have good fruit in my life and I feel disconnected from God. But if you're here and you want to come back to God and you want to reconnect with Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. You know, it says in John 3, 16 that for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And so God loves you and He sent Jesus to pay the penalty of your sins so that you could be forgiven and that you could come into relationship with God. And so if you're here today and you want to um, give your life to Jesus, you want to reconnect with God, I just invite you right now just to lift up your hand in this place. And I'd love to pray with you. If you want to reconnect with Jesus today. Awesome. I just want to invite everyone now just to stand to your feet. We're going to pray this prayer together. And um, this is a prayer inviting Jesus into our life. This is a prayer that helps us to, to give us the words to give our life to Jesus. And so I'm just going to say a line and just repeat after me. Um, Dear Jesus, I thank You that You love me. I'm sorry for the wrong things I have done. I believe You died for my sins and rose again to give me new life. Today I give my life to You and I trust You as my Saviour, which means I'm forgiven. And I trust You as my Lord, which means I'll follow You. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Um, you know, as we, we're about to go back into worship now and like, I just want to invite anyone here who you just like, if you want prayer for anything at all, like, you know, we would love to come alongside you and to pray with you. Like, we're not designed to carry these things on our own and to just pray like on our own. Like, God wants us to pray for each other and pray together. And so like, even if you want, ask the person next to you, like, hey, do you need prayer? And like, come down with them, come down the front with somebody and pray with them. But we'd love for you, like if there's anything at all that you would like prayer for, then I just want to invite you um, as we go back into this song, um, just to come down the front. And we've got some leaders here who would love to come alongside you and, and pray for you in these things. Um, but before we do that, I'm just going to pray over everyone here. So um, dear Jesus, I just thank you so much, God, that 
that You gave Your life for us, Lord, so that we can come into connection with You, so that we could know You, Lord, and be set free, Lord God. And and Lord, I just pray, God, that You give us the courage just to to not be afraid to reach out and not be afraid to to connect with other people, God. But put that as like a, a passion in our heart, Lord. Stir our heart, God, to just to um come alongside other people in our lives. Thank you in Jesus' name, Amen.